Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. As you are listening to this podcast today, it is Monday, May 17th, which is the day of my launch with Laundre Bodywear, which is a swim line that we've come out with. It is made all sustainable, ethically made within Canada. It's also made with water bottles, plastic water bottles that transition into a fabric with an amazing cycle that they do in production. It's one of the most incredible brands that I've ever worked with, that I've ever experienced anything with. I've been wearing their swim lines for years. And when you talk about like whether or not you love swimwear, it's the kind that I pull out on every single vacation the most. It's the one that I'm photographed in the most on Instagram. So being able to come out with my own mini line with them has been phenomenal. Now we came out with this classic black two-piece, a Sarah top and a Nicole bottom. And then we came out with one that is extra special. It is called Where's Vulva? And yes, I said vulva. This design is all around honoring the vulva in a very subtle and beautiful way. Much like a flower, vulvas are unique in their own sense. We wanted something that created this cheekiness, this inspiration, this inspiring way of looking at a body and a vulva and looking at it in a lens of it being beautiful and unique all in its own self. The pattern is a floral on a white. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is not something that anybody else but you is going to know. It honors the vulva, and it's going to remind you all the time to just reflect and not feel shame about your own body and your own vulva, and to know that each of them are truly unique in of themselves. This is a limited edition line, so it's only coming out once, and we can't wait for you to see it. As I said, it drops today. So go on over to Laundry Bodywear, that's L-O-N-D-R-E bodywear.com to check it out, or find them on Instagram or on my own Instagram as well. That's Laundry Bodywear, or find me at The Birds Papaya. Please enjoy today's show. 
All right. So the other day I made an Instagram story sharing that I had asked Shane if he would come back on the podcast. And he was like, yes, I would love to come on. I really want to talk about spaghetti versus macaroni. And I was like, no, that it actually has to be a subject. You can't just... There's a lot of misconceptions out well, there. Well, interrupting. <laughs> so... I took to my Instagram stories and I'm like, all right, Shane's going to come back on the pod. What would you all like for him to talk about? And an overwhelming result here, much to my own chagrin. That's the word I wanted. Thank you. They all said spaghetti versus macaroni. So welcome to the pod. We're talking about spaghetti versus macaroni. And this is going to be a riveting conversation. And for those of you who don't know, Shane is my husband. We've been married for three years. We've been together for about four and a half years, almost five. We have a newborn daughter together. We both have been divorced and he is a step parent to my three kids from a previous relationship. So that is the summary of who he is if you're just meeting him for the first time. So I'm going to let you lead this a little bit because this was your freaking idea. I do not think that there is a half an hour worth of content when it comes to like, I hope we have other things to discuss. You're right. There is not a half an hour of content. There's many hours. <laughs> There's a lot to sift through. There's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, which is better, macaroni or spaghetti? When to use them? There's a lot of like fake science out there. A lot of fake news. Fake science about spaghetti? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Spaghetti is when you use tomato sauce. Macaroni is when you use a cheese sauce. That's that's I've nonsense. I've been told that the shape of the noodle is for different sauces. Like that's why rigatoni, or not rigatoni, but penne, there's the two different types of penne. One has the ridges on it because it's meant to hold sauce. And the other is like smooth because it's meant to like be in something. Okay, but let's, let's just get this clear right now. When we're talking macaroni, we're talking elbows. Elbows, yeah. yeah. We're not talking penne. Right. You but get, still, well, or we're not off. allowed to bring in other things no, yet. <laughs> I don't. We don't have time to cover penne, <laughs> right? We have time to cover spaghetti and macaroni, right? This is not. Have you ever had spaghetti pie? This is a dissertation. This is not a full course <laughs> on the subject. <laughs> have you ever had spaghetti pie, though? Yes, it's I've had so spaghetti bizarre. sandwiches as well. No. Yeah, no, What's... it's a real thing. Leftover spaghetti, you fry it. <laughs> Okay. And you put it on toast and it's a spaghetti sandwich. How is that not just like garlic bread you're dipping in a, in a spaghetti? Well, it's neither garlic bread nor dipping. It is a sandwich with fried spaghetti in it. Jeez. Okay. Well, let's get back to the bare basics. Okay. Spaghetti versus macaroni. Which, what, before we go further, do you have a clear winner in your mind? Well, that's the problem. There is no winner, right? There, this isn't really... It's not a contest. These are like two separate leagues. Oh, wh which is better, being in love or flying to the moon? They're not related, right? Spaghetti and macaroni. Being are... in love or flying to the moon? Yeah. Unrelated things, both great. Oh my gosh. Both great. I'll agree with you there. So spaghetti, a lot of people, you know, try to put a lot of rules around what that means. Spaghetti is not a one-dimensional, technically it kind of is one-dimensional. It's the, probably the most one-dimensional pasta because it's almost like a line. And it doesn't really have, maybe, well, it's two-dimensional, really. 
It's a two two dimensional. Is it pasta. not three dimensional? Like it, it, if you look, it depends on the angle you're looking at it. <laughs> it's one dimensional, two dimensional, and three dimensional. It's mostly two dimensional, <laughs> okay. but technically three dimensional, and not at all one dimensional. But, but it's the most one dimensional. Maybe, <laughs> maybe lasagna I, again, depending on the angle, the angle you're looking at it. Okay. No, lasagna is definitely two dimensional. I don't, it's I don't think I know what dimensionals are. Length, width, depth. Three dimensions. If it's on a piece of paper, it's two dimensions. Gotcha. Okay. 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 Yeah. But spaghetti, there's like, okay, we can get into the science of spaghetti versus macaroni, but that's not why people are here, right? (laughs) I don't, I don't know know why they're here at all. We don't, we don't need to get into the numbers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're getting into like, which one is better. And that's entirely subjective. I believe that they are in a different league because spaghetti as a medium or pasta sauce mm. is whimsical. You spin it around a fork. It is whimsical. It's very whimsical. That's true. You spin it around a fork. It's fun. It's slurpy. Macaroni That's is, true. Macaroni is a little bit more like all business. Have you ever put it in your nose and like done the whole string Not thing? on purpose. I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> <laughs> not purposely. <laughs> We all know the story of boy meets girl, but what about girl meets girl or maybe boy meets girl and they meet another girl? With Dipsy, the stories continue beyond initial meetup. Come hear what happens behind closed doors. Today's sponsor, Dipsy, is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there. You can listen to all sorts of stories like hooking up with your hometown crush that you've never made a move on or that coworker that you've always had a thing for, or maybe that story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. These stories are so incredible to listen to. They're relaxing. They're exciting at the same time. Whatever you might need or what you might be into, I truly believe that they are going to meet that need. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to Dipsy Stories. That's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash papaya. One more time, that's dipsystories.com slash papaya. Now let's get back to today's show. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier. And you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru. And you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Now, you know, macaroni can be fun. You know, you can... I feel like macaroni is fun because macaroni, to me, relates to childhood. I don't know. Like, to me, it relates to like a mac and cheese. So then it immediately becomes a comfort food. It immediately becomes a childhood favorite, which to me is a little bit fun. So you're falling into that trap that 
you know they want you to fall into with macaroni. <laughs> There's a lot more to macaroni than just mac and cheese. Okay, that's true. Can use, I haven't done much with it otherwise. You can use the little macaroni noodles as like a straw to consume the sauces. No, it's far too small to be a straw. <sighs> that's a penny. That's a penny conversation. Or well, a I mean, if you maybe. want to guzzle the sauce, okay. <laughs> Some of us just want to taste it. It can be a craft. Hmm. It can be a craft. Like craft the brand of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no. Can you be. can you get away from the mac and cheese, please? <laughs> I mean, you can make a craft out of it. Oh, like I see a what necklace. you're saying. Like like Coleman glue. Mm-hmm. Waste of food. Because that was the one point you made waste to me. Waste of food, when, though. Like, really. But is it? Because it's also saving food. You never know when you might need it. Right. You always know that in a dire situation, you have some macaroni on the fridge in the shape of a, a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> right like oh uh, how much macaroni do you want i'll have one cabin on the fridge worth of macaroni please in a survival state that would actually be valid also right. i feel like i feel like you're not gonna have access to crafts in a survival situation though i uh, what if i'm locked in my house that's what my whole last year has been right but what that, if i didn't have access a, to food it wasn't a survival situation that's true but it could have been i guess so but let's go back to macaroni and okay. its purpose for you Right. It's it, not fun and whimsical. It is fun, but it's a little bit more... Bendy. It's a little bit more business than spaghetti. Oh, see, I would never look at macaroni and be like, that's business. Because if I went out on a business dinner, right, I would never order macaroni because I feel like that makes me look juvenile. Where if I order spaghetti, that looks refined. But have you seen the mac and cheese that they have in restaurants? I know I'm getting on the mac and cheese thing, but they got like breadcrumbs on there. I don't know what that's about. It's already a carb. I don't know. You add bread to it, but anyways, you got okay. breadcrumbs and a crust, maybe some jalapenos. like a homemade, right? No, I'm talking about restaurants. Oh, right, yeah, but restaurants is like a kind of a homemade, right? It's not like a a craft brand macaroni and cheese slurry, but anyways, macaroni mm-hmm. as a medium for sauce allows you to have small chunks. Spaghetti. It requires a thin sauce. It requires, you know, something that you can twirl up onto your fork. It does require a thin sauce. You can't have that in any. You couldn't have that in a thick you melty cheese. You couldn't have big. You couldn't have big chunks of ingredients in a spaghetti. Macaroni has little holes that things can fit into. Okay, you know? that's valid. So you know, if we're talking like, you know, maybe I'm getting crazy here. Well, I'm gonna get crazy. Okay. Let's say we put some ricotta in the macaroni. Whoa. The macaroni and cheese sauce here. Like our tomato sauce has a little ricotta. <laughs> that gets in your into your macaroni just... holes. All of a sudden, you know, we're having a little macaroni party. Okay, but, but still, it's serious. You know, re- kids don't want ricotta. That's not a kids ricotta. don't love a ricotta. No, they want you it's know too bad. mac it's and cheese. Delicious, right? So this is, you know, there's a macaroni is underappreciated. I would agree. I also feel like I don't know how I would possibly integrate more macaroni into my life. Oh. I've got ideas. Okay. I got a lot. I got a lot of good macaroni ideas. Okay. I'm waiting. Soup. A macaroni soup would be kind of good. It's a thing. Ma- Is it a thing? Oh, yeah. People use macaroni and soups all the time, and it's amazing. Right. It's a great, okay. it holds the soup inside the noodles. But can macaroni ever be anything but a pasta dish? Because spaghetti can be squid dogs. Have you ever had a squid dog? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let me describe it for those listening. You cut up a hot dog and you put raw spaghetti through the raw hot dog and then you boil them together. And what results in is these little tiny squids that you dip in ketchup. 
But like that's whimsical. But that's just using spaghetti. This is big hot dog. It was my using first spag- successful blog ever. This is big hot dog using using spaghetti for their own nefarious reasons. Well, it was my best blog I ever did. I, Got a lot of hits on Pinterest back in the day. Yeah, that's that's what they wanted you to do. <laughs> that's what they wanted. Yeah, you know, I'm saying spaghetti deserves more respect. And what does macaroni deserve? A lot more respect. You know, even a fusilli. Mm. Fusilli, it, it almost has less respect than macaroni because it well, sounds... Well, what's the fusilli? The spirally one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, you know what I love? It's a like bow tie. Different conversation though. Like, but it is very good. <laughs> it is very good. Bow tie is implicitly fancy. It's, it is a bow tie. I, I don't know what it is. I think because that pinch in the middle, you know I love a crunchy pasta. If there's ever it's got a good if, if there was crunch. ever a black tie pasta, it would be bow tie pasta, literally. <laughs> literally. Okay, so beyond soup, what else can we do with macaroni? Because I'm still I'm still not convinced because mm. right now I'm still feeling like if I have to stock my cupboard with one thing, spaghetti is a catch-all. I can do so much with spaghetti. Can you make a casserole of spaghetti? Well, we just talked about spaghetti pie, but you couldn't do a ca- maybe not a casserole casserole. You know what you can make a casserole with? Macaroni. You can make a casserole with penne too. I guess that's not okay. part of the conversation. Yeah. You're you get okay. on top. Getting there. distracted. And let's just let's just be clear here. Penne has gotten all of the accolades that macaroni has deserved. And penne is just big macaroni. Right? With no bend. It's a straight, it's a straight armed noodle. It's it's a boring macaroni. It's a boring straight macaroni. Penne is the king king of pastas overthrown. I'm going to challenge you on this a little bit because you know, there is another noodle that we must discuss. Oh, but the, the, the discussion is macaroni versus spaghetti. I understand that, but I have to Google the name of it before I have this conversation. If you're throwing in a third-party pasta here, I have not prepared for this. I feel like this is a bit of a gotcha journalism. Is it? I think so. Cavatappi. Is mm-hmm. like a macaroni noodle that continues for about three inches, maybe two inches. Mm-hmm. Cavatappi is yep. a long form, extra spirally version. So you're saying that penne is like an imposter in the macaroni realm because all it is is straight armed macaroni. But then there's another one that goes even further. I'm saying macaroni is the OG holy pasta and not regu- holy like. No, well, okay. If we're going to get into this conversation, how many holes does a macaroni noodle have in it? Is it one or two? No. (laughs) Uh, You brought it up. I was asking religious holy or actual holy. Like, are we talking holy with an H or holy with a W? How many holes does a macaroni (laughs) noodle have in it? Is it one or two? Because I feel like there's a right answer. I feel like it's one hole. Okay. But two two ends to the hole. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, is there a right answer? What do you feel? How many grains of sand make a pile? I don't know. F- five? <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. Um. I mean, how many sides to a Mobius strip? I don't know what a Mobius strip is. Okay, well, you can Google it. 
I can't explain it. It's, that would be very difficult to explain. But it's basically like yeah, you know, the infinity. Yeah, it's like it has it has no end, and it's right. not a loop. It goes inside and that's outside, an infinity. Kind of. Okay. I don't know that that would be. It depends on how the infinity symbol. As you might know, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. That is a worthy thing to celebrate, but it shouldn't be just our focus for May. It's important to be working on your mental health all year round, even when you feel like you're on top of it. The positive effects of therapy will create lasting change in all areas of your life. For me, it's finding out what works for me, those tools that I might need to be able to grab on in the times that I actually do need them. Like I said, even when I feel like I'm on top of everything and everything's going great, the tools that I've learned within therapy have changed everything. Maybe it's your career, maybe it's your relationships, or maybe it's just your overall happiness. A therapist can help you identify the habits and patterns that might be holding you back and how to move forward in the right direction. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, and send voice messages to your licensed therapist so it's incredibly convenient to have a virtual session from the comfort of your own home. It's affordable as well. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7, and they're going to be able to engage with you daily, five days a week. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. It's also incredibly secure. Talkspace is secure and private, using the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store client information and complying with the latest HIPAA regulations. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure you enter the code PAPAYA and you're going to get $100 off your first month and you're going to show support for the show. That's PAPAYA and Talkspace.com. So there is no right answer to whether or not it's two holes or one hole. No, it's 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 a rhetorical question like how many grains of sand make a pile. I guess what throws me off about this is because a hole to me is an entry point. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, our noses are connected. There's a bend in them. We only have one nose, but and no, our nostril. Your nostril. and my nose are not connected, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> we have individual noses. <laughs> Thank God. Um, my yeah, no- tell me about it. <laughs> I'm the stinkier one. <laughs> it's on there now. It's, it's on there now. True. I'm very gassy. Somebody asked me that one time, and they're like, "What is something that people maybe wouldn't know about you?" And I'm like, "I fart so much in my sleep. Like it is." I remember we were dating, and we had our first sleepover. <laughs> Why does it sound so scandalous? <laughs> and then, and you were like, you woke me up because we had like That's, Indian yeah. food the night before, that and it never something happened. Hit me. That never happened to me before. I know that I, like a fart woke, woke me you up. up. I know. I do have gastrointestinal issues. Like it's not really my fault, but it is a real issue in our life. It's a very real issue. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to our noses. Mm-hmm. So let's just taking the macaroni debate, whether it is one hole or two holes. Okay, let's imagine that your skull is a macaroni 
But this is what I'm saying. We have two nostrils, but they're interconnected on the inside. Right. So if you were looking at my nostrils, I would still say they're individual holes. I wouldn't say that's one hole. Right. But that is also not a straight tube. Although technically neither is an elbow macaroni. Yeah, but I, you know what I'm realizing though? If you clogged one end of a macaroni, that would be clogged on both sides. If you clogged your nose on one side, you can still breathe out the other. Because really there's multiple paths. Because there's multiple paths. It, like, I feel like if you're not going to say it's two-holed, then that's saying like our entire bodies are only one hole because it's all interconnected. That's got some seriously weird... Um, implications if but we, if every human only has one hole. If I had a balloon, yeah, and I poked a, a bunch of holes in it, okay, then it would have multiple holes. It would have multiple exit points, even mm. though its capacity is in one place. The difference there is that a macaroni is one contiguous tube. It is made up only of hole, mm. like a straw. Okay, think of a straw. A straw has. Your microphone's wandering away while you try and... Okay. And then how short does the straw get before it becomes one hole versus two? Or does it always just have one hole? That is very long. I tuned out a little bit halfway through. Um, Imagine imagine a solid straw. Yep. That does not have any holes. Mm -hmm. And you dig a hole from the top down through the straw until you reach all the way through. Does the fact that you've cut through the bottom of that straw make it two holes or does it continue to be one hole that that is cut through the cylinder that is the straw i don't know yeah i don't know that there's a right answer to this maybe these questions are best left to scientists and philosophers <laughs> and not and not us on a podcast about spaghetti versus macaroni so we're 20 minutes in i feel like you've settled the debate mm. I feel like I haven't even scratched the the surface here. All right, what, continue. Like, what is what is the conclusion? Which is better to you now that we've talked about this? Which is better, spaghetti versus macaroni? I still feel like spaghetti is more versatile. And I feel like then you haven't you haven't gotten the point because the correct answer to me, and this is of course my opinion, completely subjective. They're in a completely different realm. They're not comparable. It's comparing apples and oranges, which, I mean, probably the best analogy because they're both fruits. These are both pastas, but really not comparable, you know? So So you don't have a final vote? I mean, I have a preference. What's your preference? And it's, my preference is not based on the actual noodle, but based on the sauce. I love my grandmother's sweet, savory sauce. And it requires a macaroni as a medium. Wait, your pasta sauce from your grandmother was a macaroni? I prefer it in a macaroni because oh. of the amount of sauce that it, it can transport. It's almost more by of the a spoon. sauce that you're eating as opposed to a pasta that is being accented. Yeah, yeah. So it's very saucy. I also feel like in the spaghetti realm, it is an easier pasta. If you were to take on making pasta at home, spaghetti wouldn't be that difficult to take on. But a macaroni would be. Mm. I would definitely disagree there. Spaghetti, definitely, if you don't stir it enough, sticks together and you get those big, thick, long, starchy spaghetti bites. Whereas macaroni doesn't really stick together that much. Mm, mm. You can scoop the the macaroni out and you can taste it, give it a little bite. Really easy to test the cookedness. The cookedness. 
of macaroni versus spaghetti when you're trying to get one spaghetti strand and it's like always slipping one way or the other and it's falling back into the boiling hot water and eventually you catch it with your fingers, but it's so hot. I've never made pastas, I don't know. You've never made pasta. I've never made homemade pasta. No, I'm just talking about cooking it. Oh, just cooking it. Yeah, like cooking macaroni, really easy to pick up one noodle. Cooking spaghetti, pretty much impossible to pick up one noodle without burning yourself. I've ever done the throwing it against the wall thing. Yeah. And when it sticks, it's perfect. I think it's nonsense. Mm. Because if you overcook it, it'll also stick to the wall. Oh, that's interesting. Or, and if you throw anything hard enough, it'll stick to the wall. So like, I'm pretty sure I can take some raw pasta. If I throw it hard enough and at the right angle, it'll stick to or out of the wall. We're now going to have an opportunity beyond the spaghetti and macaroni to each say what we think is the best pasta. Mm. I have one in my head. I already know what it is. I already know how I want to have it. Go ahead and tell me what your favorite pasta is. I haven't prepared. I, I would really need to... Give me a couple weeks. <laughs> Top of your head. Top of my head. Ooh, it's going to be one of the one of the ones that ends in Y. What ends in Y? Or maybe an A. What? Ravioli ends in Y. Cannoli. You just said ravioli. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Cannelloni. That's uh, not it. That doesn't... It's an I. Cannelloni ends in I. Yeah, you said Y. Oh, did I? Yeah, you oh, did. Oh, okay. That's fun for me. I. I. I'm going to say lasagna. I'm I'm going way I'm going way off where I was even talking about. Yeah, I'm you do lasagna. love a lasagna. You it's, love a lasagna. Yeah, the, ricotta and lasagna. Ricotta, cottage cheese, either one. Okay, it requires multiple cheeses. I settle that right now. Multiple cheeses, of course it does. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm gonna go ahead and say that my favorite. Oh, we're gonna have to hold on. We're this is a little suspense rolling here. See if the baby allows us. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that my favorite, she really doesn't want me to say what my favorite is. Let's take a pause for one of today's sponsors, Vega. Vega is a way to easily add protein and nutrition into your daily routine. Vega is the number one plant-based protein powder brand. Their products also provide convenience without compromise, so you can move through your day with the plant-based nutrition your body needs on the go. Everything made at Vega is vegan certified, non-GMO project verified, gluten-free, and free of artificial flavors and preservatives. There are three different ways that Vega might be able to support you. First is daily nutrition. You can upgrade your recipes, smoothies, and nutritional routine with Vega daily nutrition products. Made with real plant-based ingredients, Vega is plant-based, gluten-free, non-GMO, project verified, and vegan certified, as I mentioned. I highly recommend leveling up your next smoothie. I find that it takes it from being something that is a quick snack into something that can sustain you even longer. You can head to myvega.ca slash nutrition, or for our American listeners, go to myvega.com slash nutrition. And maybe you're looking for immunity support. If you're looking for delicious options with nutrients to help support your immune system, Vega has you covered with Vega One and Vega Proteins and Greens. Delicious protein powders packed with vitamins and minerals made with real plant-based ingredients as always. Vega One helps you power your story with that plant-based nutrition and added fiber, vitamins A, C, and D. If you're looking for something that's more than just a protein shake, Try Vega Proteins and Greens with 20 grams of protein per scoop. Learn more about these at myvega.ca slash immunity or for our American listeners, myvega.com slash immunity. Finally, 
maybe you're looking to dial in on your nutrition for every stage of your training. The Vega Sport line is made with real plant-based ingredients and offer products for pre, mid, and post-workout. You can dial into your personal best with plant-based Vega Sport. Vega Sport is also NSF certified for sport protein powders and supplements. Learn more today at myvega.com/sport and for our American listeners, that's myvega.com/sport. Thanks so much for listening and supporting our sponsors as well. And let's get back to the show. All right. We've got a baby on the boob now to finish this up. And the suspense got to continue for what my favorite pasta is. And it is angel hair pasta. Angel hair. Very nice for a thin sauce as well. Very good for a thin sauce, which is one of the things that, yeah, mm, so good. As far as straight pastas go, yeah, the thinner the noodle, the thinner the sauce. Thicker the noodle, thicker the sauce. Linguini, Alfredo. You know, huh. angel hair, super liquidy sauce. I just love that it cooks in like two minutes and you can throw like something so simple on it. It's just like, I Really easy love to it. overcook angel hair pasta though. Not the way I do it. You just basically throw it in the hot water, let it get like limp, and then you take it out because it, it continues to cook after you've take, taken it out. But yeah, it, it is by far, and I don't have it very often. It's very hard to find gluten-free. When's the last time you even had it? Because I can't find it gluten-free. Maybe I'll right. have to look online. Okay, let's segue while we have a few more minutes left. Last time that you were on the pod, we were sharing the birth story of Lemmy. She's now coming up on four months old at the end of this week. How is, I'm not going to say fatherhood because I feel like you've been participating in fatherhood for five years and people like to discredit that a lot. They'll often say like, this is your first kid and you often correct and say, this is your first baby. But how has been your first baby? Amazing. Yeah. It's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. I feel like a lot of people tried to prepare me for the worst. Like, hey, oh, you know, get ready to like lose all your free time. Get ready to never sleep again. But like, it's actually just been a super positive experience all around. I've never felt more patient. Mm. And like, nothing the baby does bothers me ever. Even when she's crying like crazy, it doesn't bother me. It bothers me. <laughs> I think my insides were meant to react to it though. Yeah, like my whole, I, like, it's like a guttural reaction for me. When she's crying or when she's she's fussing, I want to fix it. Mm. And sometimes I realize I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is like a job for mom because that's where the I milk the supply boobs. is. Yep. For the most part, it's just like, hey, like, how can I make this better? But like most of the time, it's just like, hey, she just needs a good foot tickle. And yeah. she'll be happy as uh, something that's happy. Clam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now let me ask you like a really real honest question. And like you were not prepared for me to ask you this. So whatever you say is totally fine. What have you felt about just relationship changes between you and I segueing into what we had before? I mean, if you leave off where our relationship was, we were vacationing together. We both had different work lives. I traveled a lot, went into the quarantine and my pregnancy and everything kind of changed. Now, giving birth and our relationship has shifted, I would say again, but how like for you and the experience, because this is what I find so, and like it's validating. I think everyone's experiences are so, so, so valid, but there's just a lot of fear out there. I think when it comes to 
transitioning your relationship into almost a doing instead of just a being. And our relationship has shifted into a time of potentially a lot of doing. I I compared it to, I made a post about this, but basically when toddlers play together, they often don't play with each other. They play beside each other. They exist together doing similar things, but not actually interacting with each other in the same way. And I feel like with our relationship, for me, that's what's happened. We've segued into an area of parallel play, parallel living, showing up in love in a very different realm where it's not just about the two of us. It's about a lot of tasks. It's a lot of doing. Our love is kind of gone parallel at times because, you know, I said in my post, you know, we eat the same meals, but rarely at the same time. We sleep in the same bed, but often at different, like taking turns. There's a, there's just a lot of changes, but I really honestly want you to tell me how that has been for you because I I don't think there's a wrong answer to this. I think it's honest to disclose what it's like to have a baby, welcome a child and have that relationship shift. I don't feel like a toddler playing next to another toddler. (laughs) I actually kind of feel the opposite. I feel like... Really? Yeah, I feel like... Basically, since having Lemmy, we're almost more of like a unit, mm-hmm. like an automaton. We're the Borg. We're a, we're a hive mind, mm. right? Working I think more together. in the sense of like, it used to be that we would take care of each other. It was all about each other in the mm. relationship. And now this took our focus both in the same direction, but beside each other is sort of what I mean. But I, I almost feel like I, we know each other more. Mm. Like, instead of it being like, hey, we have to put our energy towards each other. It's not that way. We have a common goal. Mm. We have a common, you know, Lemmy is our common denominator that we're trying to take care of. And we're both doing that thing. And without explicitly saying that, we just do it. Yeah, that's fair. Like, we're more of a unit. We've melded together (laughs) our two consciousness (laughs) in one body. Like, but not same nose. Like that episode of Star Trek. No. Where Spock's father had to go to a negotiation, a peace negotiation, but he had this disease that allows his emotions to come out. So Picard did a mind melt with him so that he can control his emotions. Oh. And they became one unit. Mm. Right? And Picard and what was his name? Spock? No, Spock's not. father. I forget okay. what his name was. Anyways. That's how I feel. I feel like we've become more one. Do you feel still emotionally, romantically fulfilled within a time that is like so geared towards outside and like a different goal than each other? I don't feel unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel that we haven't been as romantic, but I almost feel like it's like the opportunity. There's no opportunity to feel the loss of romance either. Yeah, true, true, true. It's very subtle, I would say now. I think it used to be, I would never call us like a grand romantic couple, but it was maybe a little bit more obvious. And now it's like, it to me, it's like the subtleties. You always hold my hand at the end of the night and you always kind of squeeze it and you always tell me you love me. Every once in a while, we kind of say I miss you because it's true. Like we kind of miss having like that, solid time of just us. We definitely can't have the same amount of sex that we used to. Even when we try, it's like, oh my God, is the baby asleep? And like, can we sneak away to do it? Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's very weird. It's so weird it's having like, a baby and, and trying to bone. <laughs> do you find sex different 
in sense, oh, is this too big a question? No. Is sex like sensationally different after having a baby? I thought about that like afterwards, like the first time we did yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think so. Interesting. Because so many women are so terrified of that. Like, do you know how scared I was when we first started dating and how much I, I think I even asked you like, if my vagina was okay, because like after kids, you're just terrified because there are changes. And I think as a woman, you maybe notice some, but I always wondered about. Yeah. It's like things are different from session to session. <laughs> like That's true. Like, like one day we'll have sex and it feels completely different than another day. And it has nothing to do with any of that. Yeah, that's so true. They do say as well that the more turned on a woman is, the more relaxed mm. her um, vagina can be. And also like your body right after birth is working so hard to retract that skin back. I would say the only thing that I experienced was like I was more anxious because it felt like you go from like literally not being able to wipe to like, oh my God, we're going to have sex. Like that sounds impossible. And just even the visual of like an actual human came out of me. I don't want anything to like, it almost was scary to put anything near that area. It wasn't that bad. There was like a tiny tinge of discomfort in the first couple of times. And like, that was it. Very surprising for me. For me, it like, uh, yeah, not anything. Like I wouldn't even know had I not known that you had a baby, mm. I wouldn't know. That's so interesting for me. I It is a very common thing that when I was asking people who follow me on Insta different questions that they wanted to, that was a huge one. I think because they really do rely on you to be honest. And I think that's the one thing about you and I. I'm not scared for you to give me honest reactions, especially like if we if I cooked a meal and I said to you, what do you think? Or if I'm wearing an outfit and I say, look, what do you think? You never bullshit me. But you're always very gentle with truth too. It's never just that that looks like crap on you. It's more like it might look a little better like this, or it's not maybe working the way that, or I like the other one better. Or if I'm making a meal, it's like, oh, we should add a little bit of this. You're always very positive, even within maybe the no or the criticism, if you even want to call it that. I would want the same. I wouldn't want... You do want the same. I wouldn't want anybody to just say I look good when really I've tucked my shirt into my underwear. (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's so true. And I don't want to serve... I love cooking. I wouldn't want to serve something that is kind of crappy to company because you said it was good one time. I think there's a lot of like, people just don't want to hurt each other's feelings. But I think because of the dynamic of our relationship in the sense that we have gotten really comfortable being honest and it not being brutal. Like there, there is such thing as honesty without it being brutal honesty. And I think that that is kind of the difference because I've experienced brutal honesty. Like I don't want that. It would never feel good, but I, I don't ever recall a time that you've made a comment to me and I felt a certain way about it. But I am going to ask you this because you are very good about not commenting on my body. Like Mm. that's been a really, honestly, I think way more impactful because at the beginning I really wanted you to. I think I egged you on a few times to make comments about my body and whatnot going through the change of like pregnancy to postpartum, being a witness to somebody who has maybe struggled through it or been kind of going through it a little bit and you're like one of my safe spaces. What for you, has it been a challenge to 
like, I'm not saying that you feel more or less attracted or anything like that in that regard, but just like supporting somebody that's going through massive body change. I think early on, I actually did comment a little, but it was in the opposite direction that you expected. Can you and love it, my huge tits? No, I, I'm talking about when oh. we first, first met. <laughs> oh, okay. And it was more like, hey, like, you should value health mm. above because that's back when you were you were I was very thin. Very thin. And very obsessive. It was one of those things where at one point you asked me, like you just straight up asked me, is like you said, Am I too thin? And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. You are. Like you need to value health yeah. over this thing in your head that you think is how you should look. And that's not to say someone who is as thin as you were is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But for you, it was an obsession. Especially because like I, I remember we would you would want to try a new food and I'd be like, I can't eat that. It would yeah. just be like, I can't have that. We can't do that. And I remember when we were in prenatal and they were asking like, what has been the best part of your the pregnancy? And you're like, that Sarah can eat everything again. Yeah. And it was just like, you could tell that food is such a joy connection for you and such a relationship builder. So I can sense in that regard, but coming and now coming through it, I mean, I wrote a post not long ago about the fact that there has been a 50 pound change in our relationship mm. on your side. And I'm not asking for me because I'm I'm pretty secure in, in that change, even if I'm sometimes really insecure about it. Overall, I'm pretty secure in our relationship. But as a partner to somebody who has gained weight, especially in such a short time, because we've been married for three years, what would you say to that? What will you maybe speak to that, especially for those who who fear that? Again, like specific to us, you were very thin when we first got together. Mm-hmm. So it was a relief when you you gained mm-hmm. 20 pounds, right? Yeah. Like whatever that amount was. And like, obviously the number doesn't matter, right? It was basically yeah. when you shifted from specifically tracking calories to, hey, yeah. I'm going to try to eat healthy. Yeah. Right? That Like, that's important. I mean, and then through that, like, what, I don't think there's been much of a difference other than like, you changed the goal of eating healthy. So you ate, you ate healthy to, to be pregnant mm-hmm. and like, to not feel sick and to feel like you were giving the proper nourishments to a growing baby. So the weight loss itself, like it wasn't unattractive or Mm -hmm. anything like that, right? Weight gain, you mean? Or sorry, weight gain. It wasn't unattractive or anything. It was expected. Like, and it was more about, you know, my main concern was what you're eating and like what it was going to do for the baby and for you. Mm -hmm. If you ate something and it made you feel sick, I wouldn't want you to eat that anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you ate something and it made you feel good when in, in all other times you felt sick, I was like, yeah. okay, this is what you, your body clearly needs this. Yeah. Because it's craving some nutrient, some mineral that you're otherwise not getting. Right. So a lot of ices. It was easy. Right. <laughs> well, like you just needed calories at that yeah. point. Right. Yeah. Like growing an entire human inside yourself and you're not. A big meal eater like mm. you like good things but you don't eat a ton right either right yeah um so i'm guessing your body just needed calories and then yeah. that's where you're craving ices ices are just they just felt quick, so good because i didn't get, feel like i was gonna throw up 
It was one of uh, yeah. the few things that didn't make me feel like I was going to throw up. So and potatoes. It was so refreshing. Yeah, that and potatoes. Which, to be fair, even though I felt like I was so out of diet culture and so done with dieting, potatoes were a hard one for me because they always seemed like something that was a nonsense food. I couldn't I couldn't place it in my mind as being a healthy food option. Potatoes and are also, so good for you, though. I know. and But... It was so weird because I didn't realize how much diet culture was still existing within my mind until I was pregnant and going through just basic allowances of this is the only thing I can freaking keep down. Mm. It's the only thing that I can stomach, especially when you have deep, deep food aversions, that mashed potatoes sometimes was my savior in those days, right? Especially around like midway point. And the fact that like we have a healthy baby after how sick I was. Like, for those of you who don't know, I was put on anti-nausea medication that made me even more sick on another side. I started having headaches and migraines. So then I was put on a very heavy duty uh, reflux medication that made me very sick as well. So overall, I just had to, I had to endure it. It was all about what I could eat and what I could stomach. Otherwise I wasn't, I, I couldn't, I wasn't gaining weight for the first part of the pregnancy. But and clearly you ate the right things yeah. because Lemmy is a genius. <laughs> She's way ahead of where she should be. Annoyingly <laughs> so at some point. Annoyingly but, so uh, at some point. You know, when she's rolling around on the couch when she shouldn't even be able to lift her head. Yeah. I guess this is going to, as we kind of wrap this up a little bit here, but you know, the other day I was having a bit of a moment and I think it's always shocking for people when they follow me versus like how I, when my weak moments are, because you're a witness to those as opposed to them being witness to maybe more of my confident moments and just like showing up and, and doing all the things, which oftentimes I think we misconstrue what confidence is and we assume that it's something you feel before you show up. And I've, for me, it's always been something that the showing up is the confidence, right? Is the confidence to know that you don't always feel it before you get out there and do it. And so the other day we were in our bedroom and I was just looking at my stomach and I was like, it is so loose. Like it is, my skin is so loose on my stomach. And you were like, yeah, there was a whole baby in there. Mm. And I was like, oh, right. And it kind of just went away. Like, did you, is that just how your mind works? Are you just very like, that's just matter of fact? Like that's how a body functions. That's how your body functions. Or is that something that you actually like looked up to, because this is how you are. You might look up the right things to say or to understand, like how did that work for you that you just basically can look at a postpartum body and just see it so matter of fact, as opposed to regardless of how in or out of diet culture we might be, it is always different when you see your spouse change or your partner change. And that was a drastic change, like very quickly, right? You give birth and then you're postpartum. So for you, what made you kind of put it into this box of that's just what happens? I definitely didn't look at like, what are the right things to say? Mm. Because as you know, I often say the wrong thing. Do you? I don't feel like you say the wrong thing very often. Oh, all the time. All the time I do. But regardless, I think it's more like I'm a rapid researcher. I use the mm. internet a lot. I use Google a lot. I'm, you know, I'm not going to read an entire book about the postpartum body, but I'll I'll Google it. And in this case, it was completely expected. Mm. So when you say things like that, I'm like, yeah. I mean, if you think about what's happening with your body, you have to expect like 
and you know genetics people have different reactions and things like that but for me i would always expect like okay and when you say my stomach skin is loose it's like well yeah like it's stretched out to like three times its normal size of course it's going to be loose like the body over time heals and springs back i know people have lost massive amounts of weight and you know it took mm-hmm. them years and years and years for for that that skin I to, guess the same way as like some people when they're expanding or gaining or even through pregnancy don't get stretch marks and other people do like mm-hmm. there is that there's different forms of ways that the body adapts to the ebbs and flows right and you were the first one to, to ever introduce that to me years ago when we talked about the fact that I think I was scared of gaining weight or something by eating a little bit more healthy and you said well, you gain and lose about 30 pounds a year. And that's because you really enjoy a beer in the summertime and usually gain weight from it. And you were like, well, that's, but that's just life. I want to enjoy it. And I, and it's going to ebb and flow. You said it like, just like it was nothing. And it literally changed my life. Like I think about it all the time. Cause I'm like, there is seasons to life. There mm. is up and downs. There is changes. There is ebb and flows. And that's why we can't really. And I remember when I, even recently I said something to you about my body. And you said, you have to stop looking at your body as a temporary state. It's always going to change. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking at it in a certain way, it can't, like you can't keep yourself put into one spot when it's constantly changing, like scientifically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm, that's not to say that like you have to be complacent and be like, ah, you know what? My body's going to do what it's going to do. You need to be healthy. Like you need to think about your health, but at the same time, mental health is health. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just as important. And and sometimes survival happens, right? And, yeah. And, and, yeah. And sometimes your body is going to change through other, you know, outside influences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's fine that that happens. Yeah. And it's natural. And it's okay to feel comfortable in that. And I think, like, in the end, it's just, like, do what's best, best for your health. Yeah. Think about your health. Yeah. And what is your best for your health in that time yeah and that because sometimes the mental health is the one that needs to be taken care of and for sure and food it has an emotional tie and sometimes it's just a lack of access or a lack of ability to function more and that makes sense too so I like that you said that and I think that's the one thing that really surprised me about the pregnancy is especially near the end when my iron was really low and I had to eat very differently in order to get it back up. And I was eating in ways that I haven't allowed myself to eat in so long. Mm -hmm. And just feeling that permission because there was an ulterior goal. It was no longer about how much I weigh or how much I, you know, have lost or gained or whatever. It was a goal of getting my levels to a certain point. So having to eat more volume, having to eat, you know, high iron foods in mass amounts, it, it very... It, it changed. It was like a permission slip. It really, mm. really was a permission slip. And I felt a lot of freedom. And then immediately giving birth, it felt for the first little bit, like, yes, you have to keep your milk up. So you had to eat a certain way, like eating so many Cheerios and stuff all the time. But eventually like the diet bug kind of gets to you and you're like, oh no, like I'm no longer acceptable. I'm no longer allowed to look like this. I've just experienced this online. We just saw it this week where people without even knowing me or having any idea what the last year has looked like in terms of like my own personal survival mentally, emotionally, and with pelvic rest, getting this baby to this earth or like earth side, we're just like you're fat and lazy. That's why I'm always like, what, what is, 
there's a clear achievable, there's a clear goal mm-hmm. of health mm-hmm. there. And the path there might vary, but the ultimate goal is always your health. Mm. And it's going to be your overall health. What is best for your overall health? And if you go into pure survival mode, you're going to know what that overall health goal is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I need right now to survive? And that is your goal. And that is your healthy goal. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so and health isn't necessarily thinness. This is something that no. I've had to learn so much throughout the years is like, healthy at every size, right? Like this new movement of healthy at every size and the fact that there are so much new information coming out that's combating, you know, years of different types of information. And the fact that in our relationship, just kind of going back to my original question here, the fact is that weight gain was a healthy thing. Mm Mm-hmm. More than once. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand, especially for partners. The fact that this has been a safe place and a very, and when I look at it, I'm like, we're just a much happier state. Mm. And we have a very good marriage. We have a very good relation. I would say if I'm going to rate it, I think it's great. But we have a very good relationship. We've had some amazing experiences together. Some that revolve around food, some that revolve around exercise, some that revolve around, you know, survival and mental health, supporting each other through different seasons. So this weight gain is not a measurement of a good or bad anything. It is It is more matter of fact. And I think you've taught me that what we look like can be very matter of fact. It is not necessarily, and this is where a lot of people struggle, I struggle, a moral failure. Mm. I think even more importantly, gaining weight when you're having a baby, mm-hmm. you're doing that for someone else. Mm-hmm. Your weight, your physical appearance outside of that. So let's take that aside because having a baby is a completely different thing. That's fair. You're doing what you need to do for for your baby. It's yeah. like it's for someone else. Outside of that, everybody has body autonomy. Everybody should and feel like they choose who they are and who they want to be and nothing else really matters, right? Like yeah. there's always going to be a naysayer, someone who disagrees with you no matter what. Yeah, you, you know, like no matter what you do, you can be a super fit person. And someone say can say, "Hey, you're wasting your life," and this is whatever. And then For on sure. the opposite end, you know, people who are in the body positive space, people are, are saying like, "Oh, you're, you know, you're actually just perpetuating something yeah. terrible." Really, like in the end, if you care about autonomy, if you care about personal freedom, you shouldn't care how people want to be, like how their own bodies are. Like everybody has autonomy. Everybody has their own choice of who they want to be. And some people do struggle and some some people do need help. But if they don't, just leave them alone. Like really, it's like what... It's amazing that people make it like a personal issue or a moral issue. Like I've seen a friend going through this right now and on one side they're ridiculed for accepting being in a fat body or promote, they call it promoting it, this troll did. And on the other side of it, as she's, you know, sharing now about her health journey, going through, you know, much more intentionality around her exercise and around foods without it being a diet, she's also ridiculed for not loving herself enough. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you're always too much for some and never enough for others. But I think the biggest gap piece is, that regardless of the body autonomy part, 
there is still an entire world that is structured to one mold. And so obviously there's like a bigger, there's nuance there, even within what we're, what we're saying and like all of that. But you're yeah, right. The whole dichotomy of the online community. I actually did an undergraduate thesis in university about this. Really? Yeah. About like how it's so messed up. It's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and it's a terrible poison at the same time. Mm. Yeah, that's how I live every day. Because it gives people a voice. It, it lets people share in a yeah. way that we've never had in history. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it adds a, a haze, a screen of an anonymity. Oh, I hate that word. I always say it wrong too. Anonymity. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, where people lose their humanity. Yeah. Right? That's a whole other conversation that, you know, I have a lot of opinions on. You have a lot of opinions about a lot of things. I, bu- I have opinions about anything. It's true. Even stuff do. I don't know about. You, you tell me something, I'm like, ah, I can form an opinion in five seconds. <laughs> well, want, pro or con? Tell me what, which side you want me to be on. <laughs> <laughs> we started this about pasta and I went in a very lovely mm-hmm. direction. As we close, pitch your next. What is your next podcast idea? Ooh, I got a lot of good ideas. Okay, pitch me okay. one. It's okay, well, here, I'll throw this out there. Serious or, or, or silly? Give me one of each. All right, serious. I love the idea of talking about the internet. The internet. You know, Ooh, yeah, that's a like good one. Yeah. So, social media. Um, all of the like, all of those aspects. Anonymity. Anonymity. Yeah. And should it be allowed? I mean, and then if if we're talking silly, let's talk uh, Sonic versus Mario. Star Trek versus Star Wars. That's, I mean, that's, no, why, why even? Go? Because I'm a Star Wars girl and yeah, you're, but, a Star, you're a Trekkie. But why do you want to, why do you want to stir the pot? You know? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like this war, this war has been like, you know, it's been a little bit calm. You know, there hasn't been any conflicts <laughs> in a few years around this. Sonic versus Mario though. That's such a clear win. Oh, jeez. Like, oh, no. I feel like you're, you're way off base. You're okay. way off base. Okay. Well, no, I you know what? Maybe you. that's not great, but I'll come up with something better. Okay. Well, we'll let the reviews speak for themselves whether or not you're even allowed to come back on. Thank you for taking your time. I can't believe the baby slept through this. This is minor. Well, she had like a little wake up, but that was pretty miraculous overall. Mm. But thank you. Cheers. Clinks. Your whiskey and my wine. To everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for this wild adventure. Of- you don't actually tune into a podcast, though. Because what? It's not a radio. Like, back in the day, you would turn the tuning knob, and then you'd tune to the radio station. So what? What? what, what is it? Thanks for downloading and listening to this podcast, maybe? <sighs> well, the world has just changed. <laughs> I didn't even know that's why we said tuning in. Yeah, because like, you'd, you'd turn, you'd the, turn knob, the knob. you turn the knob. And then you'd, you'd go to different radio frequencies. That's what the tuning part was. Goodness gracious. What about television shows? What do you mean? Can we say tuning in? Tune in next yeah, week. Well, technically, People say yes. It all the time. Like there, there were there were explicit spots that were channels, but yeah, technically you were just changing frequencies slightly on the VHF or UHF frequencies. You know way too much. I had a, like an old black and white TV and I had both VHF. We need to get you on Jeopardy so we can make some like fast mm. monies. So do you I want to tell like everyone your like little my number one category ever on Jeopardy? That's not what I was going for. Oh, okay. Well, it's sandwiches. <laughs> I got all of the... Anytime sandwiches comes up as a category, I'm going to nail it. I know my sandwiches, okay? You do. Yeah. You know your sandwiches. I know hoagies. I know heroes. 
I know. Maybe uh, that's our episode. Monte Carlo or Monte Cristo. <laughs> Monte Cristo. Well, maybe that's maybe that's what we need to do. Sandwiches. Mm, I got a lot of I got a lot of opinions about sandwiches. <laughs> Dips. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Gosh. Why have we not done a dip oh one? Oh my gosh! Dips, <laughs> dips, and sandwiches. <laughs> Man, like mm. a lot of versatility. Anyways, this is legitimately my life, though. I don't think people. I think people probably think you're like putting it on for this sh- for the show, but that this is this is you. Mm. This is what, like, this is what you'll talk about when I'm in like the middle of something like really serious, and you'll just like go on a tangent about something. You know, if people knew the ratio of condiments to actual food in a refrigerator, I I think they'd be surprised. (laughs) It is 99% condiments and like 1% fresh food. A lot of good hot sauces, a lot of good mustards. A lot of mustards. We have about four variations of horseradish even. Well, I mean, you know, they they all have their applications. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Well, Shane, thank you for coming Mm. on. Thank you for joining us. And for everyone listening, I have no other words on how to end this one. So we're just going to say goodbye and we will see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories and don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.